And this is Elle. And uh, this is the fourth episode of our podcast. Welcome. So this week we're going to be really getting into it. Um, We wanted to kind of roll up our sleeves and get elbows deep into what we know you guys want to hear about, which is the full twos, uh, wait, sorry, do's and don'ts (laughs) and everything in between of sex. Yes. Uh, So we're going to talk first about our last sexual experience. Okay, so B, you go first. Okay. Uh, It was uh, about a month ago, and it was the guy I was dating. We were, like, dating long distance, and um, I flew to his city, which is insane, and (laughs) to meet him and have sex. And a lot of things to point out. It wasn't, like, the best sex I ever had. It wasn't the biggest penis I ever had. And... The thing, it was good sex, but, like, what made it not great sex was the way he, um, I guess, responded to my needs was one of the things I usually get off with is a vibrator. Some guys are super cool with it, and they're like, yeah, like, you get totally okay, use your vibrator. Right, right. Other guys are kind of, like, emasculated by it, like, why do you need that? No right, girl I yeah. ever slept with never, ever needed that. Like, I'm amazing, you're right, weird. right. <laughs> you're, you're the weird one. And that was kind of the, the response from him, where he, like, didn't get why I needed it and kind of took a personal offense. Um, and there was, like, a moment where, like, we were, he was, like, fingering me, and then I... It, he were about to have sex and like I asked for my vibrator and then he kind of like was like oh and like rolled his eyes yeah yeah and I was like what does that bother you he's like yeah a little like and I think that was like an honest like he could have lied and said no and, and but I like don't, honestly yeah and him. I don't think it's a unique experience I mean yeah. I've definitely been there too where I've asked you know hey like can we use my vibrator because it's the only way I can really get off and um Guys feel like it's you, like, taking a personal attack on them, and they just don't get it, and, you know, for the most part, it's because it hasn't been communicated to them by females before, so it's definitely some, like, weird new territory for a lot of guys. Yeah, and I think also a lot of women, especially in our age frame of, like, young 20s, you're not feeling comfortable saying what you want, which I guess is... Oh, absolutely. We're going to dive more into this later, but that was my last sexual experience. Not horrible, not amazing, perfectly fine. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, So my last sexual experience, also a little over a month ago, um, it was actually with this guy who I dated for the first time in October, so five, roughly five months ago. Um, And when we first went out, we hit it off really well. And on our second date, we had sex and it was so subpar. Like he, like there was no, like, there was really just no appealing to my needs. There was like not a lot of foreplay, no like external stimulation. And I kind of like felt like I was giving a sex ed class. Um, So like after our first round of sex, like pre going out to the bars, I was just like, yeah, like, most girls don't get off just from penetration. Like, you need to, like, do a little something extra. And he was just like, oh, it's never really been an issue for me before. Um, And then we had, yeah, and then we had sex again later that night. And, like, he kind of, like, half-assedly gave it attention and, like, you know, didn't really, like, commit to it. 
Um, so I told him it wasn't going to work out because we weren't really, like, sexually compatible. And then we went out again in, like, January months later under the premise of, you know, wanting to be friends. And then things heated up and he was like, I want to do right by you this time and I want it to be good for you. So tell me what to do. And I was just like, oh, my God, this is so hot. This is my dream come true. Right. A guy telling me, like, I'm your ball of clay, like mold me into whatever you want. Ugh. And so the sex was so good. Um, he was doing all the right things. He like went down on me and because just, you, like, told, you told him exactly, to do. <laughs> exactly. And I listened like he listened to all of my needs and he did it. And it was amazing. Um, unfortunately, it did not work out afterwards. So now I'm back to the drawing board and trying to find a guy who will do the same. Right. So we're both still single. <laughs> right. We, we four still here. Yeah. But it's been a ba- basically a month for us. Um, and I think we should, I mean, kind of start with the fact that, yeah, most women don't have orgasms that way. Like, uh, we looked up some stats and 75% of women don't orgasm through penetration. That's insane. At 75% of women. This is not even just like millennial women. This is women everywhere. Yeah, this is all women. So I remember when I was in college dating my college boyfriend, um, I actually went to my gynecologist once and like during my like regular annual visit, I was like, hey, is it weird that I can't like get off just from sex and like that I need, you know, something else? And my gyno laughed and she was like, no, that's absolutely normal. Most women don't hit sexual maturation until their 30s, if even then. So most of your friends your age that say that they're getting off just from sex are lying. And that like hit me like a ton of bricks and has totally changed my entire outlook on sex since then because I feel like it's something that most women don't know is true about all other women mm-hmm. and that most men don't know about women as well. Yeah. So I've definitely been more vocal in, you know, communicating that to my partners since then and realizing that, like, it's not just me and I'm not just weird. It's, like, genuinely something that people don't know because we don't talk about. Imagine any other problem. Imagine, like, 75% of people had cancer. Like, we would have, you know, cancer institutions in every damn block. You'd have cancer ed in right. every high school class. 75% of women are not getting off. Like, that's insane to me. Like, I I mean, I knew it was high. I didn't just didn't know how high it was. And it, I mean, it's sweeping the nation. It's sweeping the world. Why are we not fixing this problem? Right. And I guess through this podcast, we'll try. Yeah. Like, okay, so just to get your personal experience on it, like, how many guys have you slept with that have never come during all the time, like during any of the times that you have had sex with them? Like zero percent. I yeah. mean, maybe like one guy I'm saying for like the, the outlier. Right, you know? right, right. <laughs> that one percent. And I kind of feel like same here. And that's usually because whiskey dick, like it's never like yeah. just sober, good, ideal sex and they just can't do it. So clearly it's a problem. It's an issue. And um, yeah, it's. It's bad. And, I mean, let's talk about, I guess, sex through it as a, a, a timeline. Because we're going to talk about what, what happens before sex and leading up to it and what's okay and what's not. And we, we have a small focus group of friends. Shout out to them who gave us some questions and topics to talk about. So these are questions from people, real people, real millennials, uh, gay, straight, minorities, Men, women. women. Yes. Um, I feel like we hit a good a, a good 
pool of people. So this, this should be applicable to most. We're, yeah. we're very diverse. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So first let's start with the pre-sex. Yes. So you first go out on a date with a guy. Um, a question that most of our focus group had was how many dates do you go on before you have sex with someone? Right. So, okay. My personal opinion on this is that there is not a formula. Um, you do what feels right. Typically, I would say in an ideal case, you at least go on one or two dates before you do. But like, shit, I'm going to say like if I go on a first date that's super hot, super amazing and the vibes are all there, I'm not going to put it off just for the sake of putting it off. So that's I mean, that's in my opinion. You can't just like have like a cookie cutter timeline for every single relationship. Um, But when we were talking about that. Previously, I think that a thing that we talked about was also the expectations of, um, you know, of that relationship. So are you going out with the guy just for sex or are you going out with the intentions of dating them? So that's definitely a big thing. Right. And I got a lot of backlash from my uh, my ex roommates because we were both single and dating and I remember one time, well, not more than one time, more than once, I would always have sex with guys on the first date. Uh, that's kind of what I wanted to do. And the moment was always like there. And that's kind of the expectation. That's what I wanted. And I didn't want to like apologize for that either. It's like, I'm a woman. I want to have sex with him. Why should I wait? Because of what? The construct of society. Right, right. And I remember vividly, she told me once, um, she waited, right? This is when she was, like, waiting to have sex with a guy. She met on Tinder, and they're, like, hanging out and taking it slow, and there's nothing wrong with that. But she said, um, I was, like, complaining about a guy, like, not texting me back. And she's like, well, what do you expect when you have sex on the first date? And I was like, what? Like, why should I, you know, feel that way? And, um... I mean, that's pretty, it's pretty, pretty bad to even like say definitely slut shaming on the level. And you know what? The guy she waited to have sex with, she ended up having sex with him. And then he still ended up like not texting her and wanted to pursue it after. So I really don't think if a guy's a good guy and he generally is interested in you, I don't think having sex early on is going to defer him into being interested in you. Right, right. But I still also think if you really do like a guy, you should not have sex with him on the first date. So waiting is sometimes... I I recommend it. I really do. Because if you like a guy, he's going to be okay with you waiting. And um, yeah. And I think that it can kind of build up the anticipation and build up the, you know, just, just heighten the the tension, the sexual tension there so that when it actually does happen, you're both more excited and it's even better. Um, that's not to say that like, you know, you absolutely should not sleep with a guy the first time you meet him, but feel it out. And if you meet a guy and you feel like this has potential to be an actual relationship, maybe pull back a little, maybe wait that first time. And he'll just want it even more, and your next date will be even better because of it. Yeah. And and two, I think it needs to be said, but guys also, you know, if you're like a girl, don't have sex on the first date. And uh, if you're not interested in her, and you're just interested in having sex, I guess make that clear. Uh, both people should make that clear. If you're still, I mean, I don't, I don't really know what people want when they, what do you want when you are looking to have sex with someone on the first date? Are you looking yeah. for sex? Or are you looking for a fuck boy? Are you looking for a fuck buddy? Or are you looking for like a one-off or a relationship? Yeah, I mean, that's so hard. I mean, typically, 
I don't think I'm ever really going out with a guy and like I think he's a total dick and I have no intentions of seeing him again but I'm like oh, I want to sleep with him because I want to get off because I think that part of the female experience is like mental you know like part of being aroused as a female is mentally being aroused too so wanting that person and that's hard to do if you think that they're an asshole so it's like really hard to like just want to sleep with someone from a physical perspective completely disregarding their personality um so I would say yeah no like I like there has to be something there where I kind of want to see the person again but what so you do want to see this person again for the most part I mean there have been one-off instances where either I know I'm not going to see the person again um which is a story I can get into when we uh we have a different segue that I want to save this for later but um yeah I mean I I agree I think every person I had a a quote-unquote one night stand with I didn't really what you don't I wasn't really aware it was going to be a one night right, stand right. I was kind of hoping that maybe it could be a two night stand sometimes it is three night stand never happens yeah <laughs> yeah it is I mean after two I find guys like like they tap out you know? yeah it's so hard to just like have a fuck buddy like fuck buddies like it's just such a term that's like thrown around and like seems so common but like not common it's not i feel like that's a really difficult like scenario to find yourself in because there's usually expectations from one side at least of things leading somewhere so like to be able to get to a point where you're both like you know clearly open about the fact that you don't want anything like i feel like that that says a lot that takes a lot i think why two times is perfect at least from you know maybe the male perspective is that you get it again, you know it's good, but, like, you also cut ties that it's not going to turn to anything else. And I hate to say that it is unequal with what each person wants, but I think guys think girls want more. And, it, you know, I, again, guys don't want to be tied down. They want They don't want to give false hope. They don't want to be a fuckboy. So, like, the way of getting out of being a dick and, like, is kind of like cutting out early. So, I mean, that's that's one way to look at it. Yeah, I agree. And it's easier on the heart, too. Like, I, I asked this question, I, I can't remember who, but it, it was to a guy and, or a set of guys, and it was, um, if you could have, you know, a consistent good fuck with one person, you know, you know it's going to be good. Or would you have sex with a new person? You don't know if it's going to be good or not. The, the three guys I asked all chose, I'd rather have sex with a girl and I don't know who, I don't know if it's going to be good or not than have guaranteed good sex as one I already had sex with before. And like, maybe that's because of the question we just answered before, which is like, how many guys like don't get off at all during sex? And it's like very few. Yeah. And our male viewers, I mean, feel free to correct us if, if we're wrong, like feel free to slide in our submissions and let us know that, you know, that this is wrong. But, um, quick plug. We have a website. Yeah, we do. Please <laughs> ask us questions. Tell us your innermost thoughts. We would love to address them on the show and, um, we'll respond to you back by email too. But, but yeah, men, come on, not all men. Yeah, so, like, that's tough because they know that, I feel like the vast majority of men know that, like, whatever female they're sleeping with, they'll get off with. So, if they choose to sleep with the same woman again, it's potentially leading to a conversation they don't want to have, which is, you know, I don't want to, I don't want this to be a relationship. Whereas, for women, like, us getting off typically, I think, is 
so much more of like a tailored like experience that's kind of a work in progress and you have to communicate and you have to get there and when and when I find someone like who is good at sex like finding a magical unicorn it's a goddamn diamond in the rough oh my god like maybe that's why I feel these feelings because it's like wow like you gave me an orgasm like and then we just met like do you know how rare that is yeah you're a rarity. Thank you for that. Right? But also, I want it again from you specifically because I know what you're doing. Right. I don't have to train you. I don't have to coach you. Right. I just, it's there. You're going to do it. I think you're completely right, which is like, it's harder for women to find good sex than for men to find good sex. And maybe that's that's why we like, not cling, I hate that word, but like... But you know, that's I, totally the word I was thinking too. We but, cling to good sex when we find it. Right. And it's like, it was so apologetic that we want it again from the same person because it's guaranteed. Yeah. And in a world where 75% of us are not having orgasms, I'm going to take my 15%. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fucking cash out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so much so that the last guy that I slept with was actually, um, if you guys listened to episode two, this was the guy that um, friend-zoned me after a while. But, like, even after that, like, fucking Valentine's Day rolled around. I'm, like, drunk on Valentine's. And um, I got home, and it took a lot of willpower to not, like, drunk text him and be like, hey, I want to have sex. Because, like, goddamn, we got to that place that I knew he would be able to do it. I knew that he was now in tune with my needs. Mm -hmm. And, like, that takes a fuck ton to get to sometimes. Yeah. And I think about the best sex I ever had. And I think about that guy. And we would... Uh, probably not we definitely would not have been compatible in the long term but it was such good sex it like it kind of made me act insane and like not take no for an answer and kind of like want to figure out like want to make anything work because the sex is that good you know like fuck i mean good sex can uh drive a girl crazy yeah i think i'll take a drink for that yeah um, full disclosure here, we, we thought it was best to get a little liquored up before giving our full sexpose podcast, so uh, bear with us a little. <laughs> I, I think we're doing great. I, I think we are, too. <laughs> um, okay, so another question that our focus group brought up was nudes. Um, so I don't know if we have any particular stats behind this, but... Just like how like how often do people send nudes and like nudes pre-sex specifically, um, and one of so the, one of the gay males in our focus group said, well, seemed to imply that nudes were more common for gay men, um, whereas like me as like a straight female, like I'm always terrified to send a nude because I'm like, oh my God, this guy's going to screenshot it and put it on the internet. Right. Fuck yeah. No one wants to be Jennifer Lawrence. Right. Like I'm terrified. Although like straight female in our group too is like, yeah, I'm just a picture oriented person. So fuck yeah, I do nudes. And, um, we've had conversations about it before where she's like, I want to know that what I'm, you know, signing up for before I invest the effort. And I'm just like, more power to you for it. But I'm just fucking terrified always. So this, so recently this weekend, I was my brother at uh, his school, his university. Um, He's in college. He's a junior. Uh, I am 24 years old. So I'm out of college for a bit. 
and uh, he's gotten more dick pics than me. <laughs> what? So, so I've never actually received a dick pic. Please flood my inbox. I have not either. Okay, so I, I like to attribute to, I would never sleep with a guy who would send me a dick pic. Oh, like, those yeah. are a certain type of male. Right, right. And I don't want to send, you know, like sending like sexy lingerie photos or me post plotties. Like I can do that to guys I'm dating. But like full on nudity, like no, that needs to be like in person. Like I, I yeah. honestly, I don't look that fucking great. Like I, Jennifer Lawrence should be taking nudes. Me, <laughs> I'm not sure I can. But like, like, okay, let's say I was, like, the hottest person in the entire world, right? And I, I, I mean, I, I definitely probably would take nudes and send them, but I don't know, I'm not. And, like, I think that's, like, a really intimate part of the experience of being together, and I would never send a nude. I'm not slut-shaming anyone. Again, do you. But, like, I don't, think that's, I don't think that's normal in an exchange before sex. I don't think it's needed. Um, I can't speak for the gay experience because I feel like you kind of... You get what you get, right? Like, you, you know immediately if you're having sex with either person. It, it's literally eye contact. It's literally a swipe right or a swipe left. And you're both in it. Like, that's kind of the agreement there right, when you're right. having, like, I guess, gay, dating, casual sex. With straight casual sex, I think it's very different. It's still this, like, mind game. Like, oh, like, do I want to have sex with you or do I not? Like, it's it always feels like it's, like, this weird kind of tango. And it's not like a... You know, it's, like, very hard to kind of, like, put your needs and your wants out there and put them on the line. Like, you still have to kind of play coy, um, even if you do just want sex. And, like, so I have sent, like, a sexy snap here and there. Mm -hmm. And, like, shit, sometimes I'll come home from the gym and my body will look real fucking good. And I'm like, I wish I had someone to send a naughty pic to right now. But I don't. And also, I'm just like, ugh, like, what if this, like, douchebag screenshotted it and, like, you know, showed it to his friends and whatever. Like, I'm yeah. always just, like, that's my biggest fear. I'm always, like, worried that someone's going to blow up my spot with it. I feel like guys don't care. Like, guys who are sending dick pics don't care who sees them. Or, right. Or, who, yeah. They just don't care. They're like, okay, yeah. I, I mean, if you're sending a dick pic, hopefully you're sending something worth taking a picture of. Right, right. So, <laughs> it probably should be good. Right. Um... Yeah, and uh, I guess my brother gives off the gay vibe. <laughs> I guess in conclusion, he's got a lot of dick pics on Snapchat. Really, I mean, maybe. Uh, but I think guys were like more. Again, again, the gay community. We're here. Here we are. It moves quicker, and I think that's norm. That's the norm there. But is he getting them from a genuine romantic interest standpoint, or I think guys are just like no, guys are not joking. Sending dick pics. He's they're literally thinking he's gay. Really? Yeah, he just is very stylish, and he has this like attitude. He's of, a little metro. Yeah. Yeah. But I think the guys are also just kind of like. Like, they think that it's funny to do that to each other. No. Like, I definitely, yes. Those I, are like, it's like, that's like the footballer in high school funny, where it's like, oh, I dare you to like put my balls. Right, but they're secretly like homosexuals. Yes. Like, yes. Um, yeah, these are like out gay people sending him, like, thinking he's a, like in the closet gay. Oh, that's so weird. Yeah. Oh. He's got a lot of dick pics. It's really funny. He's completely straight. Are we sure? <laughs> we're, we're so sure. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure, too. Um, yeah. Um, he went, what, dress is good? He's a good guy? Right. That's, oh, suddenly he's gay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's so interesting. Okay. Yeah. Ladies, he's legal. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right, interesting. And then another, like, pre-sex kind of thing that, um, that came up was... The conversation about previous partners. So this yeah. can be taboo slash uncomfortable slash like 
just something that you, I don't know, like may or may not want to actually have. Um, but the conversation about how many partners a person has had, maybe under the lens of like, are you clean? Or maybe just under like, you know, I'm curious before I get in the sack with you. Yeah. Um, so, so what are your thoughts on that conversation? I, I'm mostly curious. I like, I'm, I'm super curious. I don't know why, like, I don't know the psychological reason behind it, but, um, it's also kind of measuring it up to myself. Yeah. yeah. What is my number normal is, you know, what is it compared to them? How many vaginas have they seen? Is mine the average? Is it normal? You know, I like just a little sample. Where do I fall on their scale? It's, it's very egotistical. I like to lay some facts while we're here. So I looked up the average partners. So this is like 2,000 adults. So in the U.S., the average partner is 7.2. I think that's like a blowjob that didn't finish. <laughs> <laughs> and the U.K., it's 7. Um, I also did the Netherlands, which was like seven, uh, 6.9. Um, so they're doing great stuff there. Hey. Doing great work there. <laughs> I love the Netherlands. I've been there like four times. Amazing country, beautiful people, amazing pancakes. But uh, not the point of this. The point is... That is, uh, what do you think of those numbers? Seven, basically. I think everyone's lying. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> you're right. So, guys, uh, this is in the study. Guys uh, mostly, um, you know, overstate and girls understate. Okay, so this is in the study, this you're saying? This is in the study, yeah. Interesting, yeah. And I think that it's because, like, guys, like, they think that, like, you know, beefing up their number, like, makes them seem, like, cooler or whatever, like, more experienced and, like... Girls, we've just been like slut shamed for right. most of our lives. So like, so what? What do you think of these numbers? Are you said what your gut reaction was like? You think everyone's lying? Why? I don't think everyone's lying, but I think definitely there are some males that are beefing theirs up, and I definitely think that there are some females that are beefing theirs down. Did it also say the age of the people that were being polled in this study? Ah, uh, I don't know. I okay. don't think so. I think this is like, if anything. So I think that's interesting too because. Like, for our generation, I think sex is just, like, so much of a more easily attainable thing where, like, you can just get on a number of any apps. I mean, we also, we just started dabbling in a, in a new app, um, Pure, within the past week. Right. So, um, it, it's basically the premise of the app is, like, no premise. Just get on there, put up a picture, boom, like, instant gratification, much easier to, like, hook up with someone. So... Um, the point I'm making is that I think that there's a lot of resources at our disposal, but even with all of that and with there being the potential for more sex and more partners, like the slut shaming and like not wanting to disclose that you've had that many partners, I think is still probably a pretty real thing. Yeah. And I just to briefly say like, like we are the generation of the last two generations having we're having less sex than our parents did and the baby boomers before and us that's such a weird like concept for me to like wrap my head around um oh yeah guys google it it's it's uh it's widely talked about and is this in is this in terms of like number of partners or like frequency of sex in general you know Fre what i'm saying frequency so, uh, yeah, so it's basically people born in the 80s and 90s are having less sex than those other people. I think in, in both frequency and I'm not sure numbers. I don't think they're, they're counting numbers there. Hmm. Okay. Um, and I, I actually wrote this down. It's like what old people blame 
why are we having less sex? Because they're mad about that too. We're eating uh, all the avocados and we're we're having less sex. Right, they're very right. angry. We're not buying houses. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so the reason why they've uh, they think we're not having sex, dating apps, technology in general. General, we're just on our iPhones. Um, professional work, we're just working too much. Oh right, right. We're all yeah. uh, career career maniacs. As a couple people have work have called me. Yeah. Um, so the, I mean, that's just kind of in, that's kind of insane. It's like, yeah, I I think, yeah, you think this technology would bring us together more and have more casual sex, but I think it also just makes us a little bit more pickier who we have sex with. You know, you don't know your options when there's no internet, but then you have all this, you have this, all this, all this technology of a way to judge yourself compared to other people. And suddenly I think people can see what they can get, you know, the most. Yeah. And also, I mean, it, it makes it harder to have, like, a casual encounter with someone that you meet in person. Um, and this was something that we actually talked about in the past week when um, B saw a cute guy in person and texted me and was like, how the fuck do I talk to this guy? Oh, my God. And it, like, I feel like we need to dedicate a whole episode to this later on. But, like, for our generation and people who are basically, like, handicapped by our phones... And by only being able to talk via text and, like, God, not even email, just, like, text and, like, you know, messaging apps, like, it's really hard to just, like, start conversation with someone in yeah. person. Um, and the so, biggest fear for me is the rejection. Like, yeah, I was like, exactly. what I was so afraid of talking to this guy in this coffee shop, I was afraid of him saying, I have a girlfriend, or I'm not interested in you looking at me with no makeup on, <laughs> doing work in a coffee shop. Like, it's rejection. That's scary. And I don't want to be rejected to my face and then sit there and do right. work for another hour when right. I'm, like, two feet away from and me. And everyone says that millennials are all about instant gratification. So um, I'm guessing that the vast majority of us don't do very well with instant rejection yeah no um which may be a reason you know why it's harder for us to have those casual encounters uh so just to briefly bring it back to the numbers uh so what's your number and i'll tell you my number oh now this has to be on the podcast okay i'm my number is 17 my number is 15 as of recording <laughs> so let that stew for a little bit we are both above the average like um, double the average almost um, seven plus seven is 14. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think I'm probably on point in saying that the vast majority of both of ours were post long-term college relationships. So really since we've like kind of been post-grad on our own dating in the city, yes. um, yeah. And kind of adults. Yeah. Um, all of this was not, I guess, I think maybe a lot of people think, oh, you you know, we're crazy and slutty in college. No, actually, I was in a long-term relationship. Yeah, we were both, like, tied down. Yeah, so were you for most of college. Um, and it was when we left college and kind of were free of a long-term relationship is when we did it. Um, I am happy with my number. I can, like, keep going. I'm good. I got, like, I don't feel like it's a negative. I don't know what people, I don't know what guys think. I don't really divulge that information. Um, it's not to say that I'm not proud of it. Kind of proud. 15 people. <laughs> I just, honestly, like, my my thought on this whole, like, body count conversation is that it's stupid and unnecessary. Like, I think that having that conversation with a partner is only going to lead to some kind of disparity on one end or another. Either someone's going to feel 
you know, in insufficient because of it, or someone's going to feel shamed because of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that a perfectly natural question to ask is, you know, if if you're concerned about the safety and like the sexual health side of it, you know, maybe how many partners have you had since you were last tested um, and asking things like under that lens. But honestly, like, I don't like the how many partners have you had altogether conversation. I think that it's like kind of irrelevant and just bound to lead to more problems down the line. It's true. And I can, uh, you know, quality over quantity, right? If you were with a person for like, you know, four or five years, you had like great, amazing sex, you tried all this kinky, amazing things, then you're good at sex and you know what they like, you can apply it to any person. But right. if you slept with like 10 people and you just like came in them and it lasted three minutes right, for 10 times, is that really you like, you know, refining your... Uh, yeah, yeah. That's no measure of how sex. good you are at sex. It's just like, all right, this many girls, let me stick my dick into them for 30 seconds. Like Right. And um, I don't think it... it, it really shows how good you are at sex the number really yeah i mean yeah so i guess my takeaway on that like ask it under the it's a conversation worth having under the lens of sexual health um and so that you know whether or not to feel safe you know from a health perspective but i I don't i don't necessarily encourage it on its own just out of curiosity i think it's gonna you know open up more another can of worms yeah, I'm curious to know what the number is for everyone we know. <laughs> I know we just said it doesn't matter, but I, I, to me, I just want, I just like knowing. So I just like knowing. That's my final answer. Yeah. And if I was with someone, it's not necessary, but it's like again, I'm not ashamed with my num, ashamed of my number. So if I'm willing to divulge that information, I would like to know yours, basically. So how many of the guys that you've been with recently have asked you that question? Um, like none of them. Guys have been super respectful of that. I think I think it's like a don't ask, don't tell. They yeah, don't fucking know. I agree. I mean, no one except for like my crazy college boyfriend has asked me that question. Yeah. So that's why I feel like it's not even like a topic like, of discussion. It's a non-issue, really. It, it isn't. And it's like, if anyone's bringing it up, it's me out of curiosity. I'm not just like, I'm not like grilling them. Like, who was it? When was it? You know, I think when I'm with a guy... If they haven't known me forever, you know, then, like, anything in their past does not speak for me personally because they didn't know me before. It's not like they had the choice of me versus this other girl. They just met me. I cannot, like, shame them for whatever happened before they met me. And I think that's where every relationship really should they should look at in the grand spectrum. This person just met you. You just enter their life. You should be judging them as a person and their actions and their sexuality from the point they met you forward. You know, you should not be judging them on their past. And I don't want anyone judging me on my past for the 15 guys I slept with because it doesn't matter because I just met you and the way I act towards you is completely different. Right, right. So that's where I stand. Like, again, I don't care what your number is. I'm just a fucking curious bitch. <laughs> I just You're like just here to stir out. the pot. I, I love it. <laughs> okay, cool. So now that we've gotten past all of the prelude into uh, the sex. Yeah, um, let's get all to right. sex. Now you're into it. You've had a good maybe second or third date, maybe first. Who fucking cares? That, you know, it, it's come up and now you are about to have sex. So... What are some of the main things that you want to talk about with your partner? I don't want to talk to them. 
I mean. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So first hot topic of discussion, toys. Right. Um, so this comes up a lot because I definitely... I, I want to say, I don't want to, I hate saying like I need my vibrator, but I kind of like need my vibrator during sex. Okay. As I do too. So I hear that. And, um, a lot of guys, like the thing is like, you don't, especially where you're again, like you don't know if you're going to have to see this person again, or like, you don't know, like if you're going to come or not. Like sometimes I'm just like, yeah, I want to use my vibrator. And a lot of guys are emasculated by it, especially if they haven't had a girl say that to them, to them before. Yeah. Um, the only really guys who've been completely okay with it have been, like, long-term boyfriends. Or guys, Europeans. Europeans. <laughs> guys who've been to liberal arts school. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, if, like... I just want to bring it up to 75% of women are not having orgasms. Like, you cannot, guys, if you're listening out there, do not take this personally that a girl wants to introduce you to her sex toy. First of all, it's a really scary thing for a girl to come out and say that, hey, like, if they're saying that to you, that means they really trust you and they really want to come and they want to have a good time with yeah, you. Yeah, and they don't just want to lay there lifeless and, like, right. tell you it was good after. They're being honest, and this is what gets them off. It Think of it as almost like a fetish, right? You're not going to begrudge someone something that is part of that. Ugh, but, like, also don't think of it as a fetish. Understand that maybe most of your female partners feel this way and that the vast majority of them are afraid to speak up for it. And understand that and be accommodating to that. And I don't think... Don't take it personally. Yeah, exactly. Do not take it as any sign of your sexual ability or lack thereof. Just understand. I, I think really the big picture is just men being more educated about the female sexual experience. Um, yeah, and I, I think I think really guys can do a lot better with accepting and women can do a lot better with saying and speaking their mind and saying what they want and saying that, like, hey, I did an orgasm. And women, this is, uh, do not fake orgasms, yeah, you know? Don't. We are in 2018. It is not the time anymore to be faking orgasms. Don't fake it for their ego. Don't fake it for your sake. No one's coming off better. Maybe the guy is. Because he thinks he's so great. Oh, my God. But uh, but imagine and just try to internalize, like, the crippling effects that you're having on that male, like, going forward. Because he is just continuing to walk around thinking that he just has the greatest dick on, on earth that's, like, making a female come every single time. And, like, first off, like, your sexual experience isn't going to get any better. And also, he's never going to realize that that's a problem. Until he dates one of us. And then right, we tell right. him. And, and then, then we pull mad. the rug out from under him and he's, <laughs> his world is shattered and he has to, like, see a therapist for it or something. Like, like don't make us be that guy. Yeah, um, don't make us be that guy. All women out there, say what the fuck you mean. Like, yeah. I know it's so hard, and you're probably going to get shit for it because we got shit for yeah, it. Yeah, and, like, you feel awkward and you, you feel weird and, like... You're, you know, but, but just think back and like, shit, the first time you gave a blowjob was a guy like shy and coy about telling you how to do it. Did you know how to give a blowjob after like maybe the second or third time that you did it? Yeah. Does every guy out there know how to eat pussy after the second or third time? Uh, yeah, still no. No. So speak up for your needs. Don't be shy about it. Communication is your best friend. And if there's anything that, like, I personally want you to walk away from this episode knowing, it's that you need to speak up for your needs. Even if it feels awkward, even if, like, you don't want to do it, like, it's in everyone's benefit, 
especially Isn't yours. Everyone's. It, everyone's literally everyone's. So, um, story the guy that I last slept with when we um, had sex for the first time, like, I honestly had to tell him, like, you need to, like, do some kind of external stimulation because I can't get there without it. And he came back, you know, as I said, saying, oh, no girl has ever had that be a problem. And I had to, like, walk him through it and say, yeah, the majority of women don't reach their, like, don't sexually mature fully until their mid-30s. So every female that you've had sex with, for the most part, I'm sure that most of them were faking. And that's a hard conversation to have, and it makes me feel weird. But it's like someone's got to tell them. Um, I'm not saying that you have to be... The girl that says that, I mean, but fine, be it. it. But yeah, like if don't. not you, then me. Yeah, <laughs> like shit. I'll have the conversation if you want to. If you want to refer guys my way, so I can tell them the truth, feel free. Um, but I think it's just it's each of our responsibility to speak up for our needs, right. because otherwise it just passes the buck on to the next person. Yeah, don't spare feelings, because if, if if it was flipped in reverse, they would not spare your feelings. Literally, like, I, I cannot think of a time that I've given a guy head and he hasn't given me some kind of direction. Right. And hasn't told me, okay, do this, or do that, or Wasn't the don't worst do when this. they push your head down? Oh my god. <laughs> it's like, it's like, stop, like, let me, like, Tell me what to do. Don't, like, shove my head onto your dick. Like, I fucking hate that. Um, I don't know any woman in the entire world who likes that. Yeah. Uh, I don't either. And uh, fellas, listen up. They don't fucking exist. <laughs> no girl I think that brings that. us to a good part of the conversation, which is, like, kinks and, domin- like, dominating and being submissive and vice versa. And uh, I think guys are kind of usually taking the dominating role. Maybe because of society uh, and whatnot. So have you ever, have you ever been, I mean, like, been the dominator? Okay, so I have never been the dominator. I can give one little anecdote um, on, like, probably the hottest sex I've ever had. And I'm still thinking about this, like, half the time that I'm uh, by myself in my, in my own quarters. Um, But so back in the fall... I was walking through the subway station and this super hot guy approached me and he was like, hi. And I like immediately like looked around and was like, oh, fuck, what's he trying to sell me? And um, he was like, hey, I'm just saying hi. Like, I just, you know, I saw you and I couldn't not say hello and ask if you want to get coffee sometime. And I could hear an accent. Um, And I was like, oh, like, where are you from? Are you visiting New York? And like, clearly this is not a native New Yorker. Otherwise he would not be speaking to me. Um, <laughs> so there was that. Um, and he was just like, yeah, I'm here visiting from Sweden and I would really like to take you out for coffee sometime. So I was like, okay. And I threw caution to the wind and gave him my number. Um, we went out for dinner and we did not have sex that night. We uh, tried to get to that point, And then I had a friend that was coming over to my place to hang out and uh, that those two things happened to coincide so I had to like uh, have him get dressed and leave in a hurry and it was really weird and then but the next night we um I invited him over this is last night in New York and oh my god the sex was unreal um so first like we started off with a little bit of foreplay and then I was like hey um what kind of foreplay you gotta get specific here so a little bit of of external stimulation um he was like fingering me a little bit and like things are getting really hot he's like biting on my neck and um I was just like okay like I'm not gonna be able to come without my vibrator like almost apologetically right 
And he was just like, okay, where is it? And I was like, oh my God, yes. <laughs> it was amazing. It wasn't like a, oh. It was right. like, okay, cool, where is it? There's two types of reactions. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. Or like, go yeah, get it. Let's go. Yeah. Let's go. So I pull it out and, um, oh my God, we get to it and it's fucking amazing. Like, he's just like so for it. And you can tell he's just so well versed in like sex with toys and like, oh, it's so good. And then he's like, have you ever been dominated? And like, we get into that like a little bit where there's like a little bit of like pain and pleasure, Mm -hmm. um, but not all the way. And he's just like, I want to do things to you. Like I want to see you again after tonight. And I want to like take you out with like vibrating panties and I want to tie you up and experiment with pain on you. And like, I was just like, Oh my God, like make all my dreams come true right now. (laughs) Like this is so 50 shades of gray. This is so fucking hot. So hot. And, um, God damn, I hope to see that guy again in the future. So, so I would say that was the only kind of domination, um, situation I've been in. Um, so how about you? I've been, I've been both. I've been the dominator. I've been the submissive one. I've been dominated. I've been a dominatrix. Um, yeah, there's pros and cons to both. Uh, I think if you're the one who's dominating, there's a lot more responsibility on keeping a narrative steady where you're constantly trying to think of the next move, uh, thinking what you're doing next. And I think a lot of it as well in your story, which is like a, a lot of dirty talk, which is something you have to learn. Like I had to learn it. Um, most people have to learn it. Like, it doesn't come naturally to a lot of people. You feel, like, weird. You feel like you're, like, acting and you feel fake. And, but it's hot. I love communication during sex, uh, which is actually one of our questions from our little uh, focus focus group, which is, like, communication during sex. What do you do? I love dirty talk. I think it will be weird to just stop talking when you're having sex. Like, you want to hear, like, oh, that feels great. That's amazing. Yeah, like, you Like, just want... being descriptive. Exactly, yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. It doesn't have to be, like, you're the best person I've ever had sex with in the entire world. You know, it, it can just, just be descriptive. just a little bit of positive feedback, a little bit of direction. I'm, honestly, if you can't tell by now, I am all for communication during sex. I think that to get to the best place like you need to communicate your needs and it's not going to get there if you're just hoping and assuming that you're getting there. You know, you yeah. need to both be vocal about your needs. Uh, yeah, it's totally true. Uh, and being the submissive person on the flip side, um, I love that. I love that a lot because you get to turn off your brain. You get to just do whatever the other person is telling you to do and it feels it feels great to kind of let your inhibitions go um, and let someone else take control and just be, you know, purely pleasured. So. Yeah. Yeah, um, I, I like both. And I I think guys are super turned on when girls are dominant because it's so not the norm. So I recommend to all women to try to dominate. And I want to tell you exactly how, because I didn't know how. So I went to Google. So my boyfriend at the time is my long-term boyfriend. He, he was like really, you know, expressed interest in it. So I Googled a scenario. Um, and what came up exactly was this chick who told me, I don't, I don't even know if it was a guy or her boyfriend. And I kind of did exactly what she did. And I hoped it would work. 
So I dressed in really sexy lingerie. He didn't know that. I came over to his house. Ooh. Yeah. Um, and I just, like, I went into the room, and they tell you to, like, have, like, a game plan, right? Like, you're in character. You cannot break dominatrix. So you walk in. I walk in, and I was just, like, <laughs> I've never told this story. And this just on, on, like, a podcast. Oh, my God. I'm so excited to hear. <laughs> so, um... I <laughs> I told him to get on his knees and to just like I was like you cannot talk like there's always rules right so it's right, like right. you do not talk until spoken to you I am you know your master you are my slave um and I told he, he asked him if they agree yes I agree um and then you know I told him to like get on his knees and then he like ate me out and then I told him to like get on the bed and I like tied him up and I just like had my way with him it was I mean yeah like (laughs) it was great I mean for me I was really thinking about everything that was happening like in my mind I was like oh god I I can't you know I don't want to be like start laughing or like do anything weird yeah yeah I have to like keep this character and he I mean afterwards he told me it was like the the best sex he ever had oh my god it was I think because also it's a surprise element too like you're not expecting this to happen you're expecting your girlfriend to come over and hang with you and Netflix and chill but like when someone who, like, I think it's all about confidence, too. You come in there and you're confident and you're telling them that's it and it's happening. Yeah. Like, it's super hot. Yeah. It's super hot. And I'm sure if you hesitate and you're like, uh, I don't know, is this all right with you? Like, it totally just throws the, the whole thing off. You have yeah. to really own it, I'm yeah. sure. Um, one of the things actually remind me um, I did was those, like, slow undressing, like, things you can do as a dom to your sub. Um, having them do things for you, which is awesome. Like, undress you. Go get me a cup of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> undress you slowly. Get on the bed. Take off my stockings. Like, it's awesome. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm yeah. Like penciling this in in my memory for Oh, uh, my gosh. Uh, yeah. Gr- ladies. Ladies, women. Try it. I have to say from experience, so I've never been in, like, a... Other than, you know, that last experience that I talked about, I've never been in, like, a full, like domination submission kind of um you know role um and I've never been in the dominatrix seat either have you ever been tied up as part of that um okay no because this is that's honestly one of my biggest fears (laughs) (laughs) is some is a guy like handcuffing me to a bed and then leaving (laughs) okay that's a real fear but I I've only done bondage with people who or also, like, I trust, you know, yeah, like, I'm yeah, not gonna, yeah. like, they're gonna leave me or something. Right, right. Also, the whole thing with, like, blindfolding and stuff like that. Yeah, like, yeah. it has to be, like, a specific person that I trust to, like, do that with. But I love getting tied up. I love also tying them up, you know, on the flip side. Yeah. Um, Maybe not handcuffing. Handcuffing's pretty permanent. Handcuffing really, like, that really scares me. Like, the yeah. few times that that's been proposed to me, I'm just like, no, I don't trust you. And I get, like, anxious just thinking about it. I'm just like, it's not that I don't even trust you. I just, I think that any person could handcuff me to a bed and just leave me to die. Yeah. <laughs> and that really okay. fucking scares me. So maybe we're, uh... I mean, all, I've never been, like, really, we're not really, like, uh, handcuffs they sell at sex shops or like the bullshitty handcuffs you get when you go to like a kid's birthday party right right it's themed cops I don't know something, something about it just really scares me okay but um, well, what about like tying I think oh I think having my hands tied with like really nice ties like I've got I've definitely got a fetish for like powerful like businessmen 
Mm-hmm. I think that, like, getting, you know, tied up with, like, an Hermes tie, I'd be so cool with that. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'd be really okay. <laughs> um, Silk is nice. But, like, along, I mean, not even, like, in the full, like, domination um, role. Like, in my experience, guys just, like, guys like direction. They like a woman who takes the lead in general. So even if you're not really, like, in you know, in that situation, like, guys, in my experience, they really like being told what to do. They like a woman who, like, expresses their needs, um, and, like, is a little, you know, is forward with what they need in the bedroom. Um, and that's just my experience, but I think that it probably holds true for more guys than not, that they like kind of the role reversal. Yeah, I think so, too. Um, we can't talk about the bedroom without talking about lube. So, what are your thoughts on lube? Okay, so I always, always, always use coconut oil, Mm -hmm. um, and I fucking love it. I think I'm a little sensitive, because I do remember once in college, I, um, me and my college boyfriend, um, had sex with these, like, weird, like, strawberry lubed condoms, and, like, they burned the fuck out of me, and I guess I, like, had, like, a weird allergic reaction to them, so since then I'm scarred, and, like, I... I kind of revert to only using coconut lube, but oh my God, like it's so necessary. It's so good. And like, whether or not you think you naturally lubricate, like you, like lube will make your experience like 10 times better. I swear by it. I agree. Uh, once I started using lube, I just like couldn't go back. Like it, I get what you mean. Cause I, I hear this from a lot of women that, they naturally get wet and it's fine. They never had a problem with it. And I was like, yeah, girl, me too. Until I tried lube. And then it was amazing. Then you realize how good it can be. Right. It, and it, it sucks because, it's, again, it's like the vibrator thing where it's like you don't want to introduce it yes, to someone. Yes, yes. Because then, exactly. oh, you're not, you're not wet enough for me, babe. You're not like, turned on. Right, right. Like, oh, you can't, I can't get you that wet. Like, it's just this, oh, it's going back to this, like, yeah, like, shyness about, like, trying something new in the bedroom slash, like, emasculating a male and like guys just like fucking open your minds and understand that like maybe women need something a little more and it doesn't make you less of a man and lube feels great for guys too yeah what yeah. the fuck it's like it's amazing it's, it's like a, literally a win-win like yeah. stop being so nervous and so like butthurt about it so my lube of choice is gun oil so actually i read this on reddit i don't know what i was reading but it, uh, I, someone said the best lube i ever tried in my life was gun oil uh and i looked it up and it's pretty expensive as a lube so i, I tried this like a small bottle i get it on amazon um and it was amazing so i tried lube before then and usually it's very like sticky and like residue-y or like yeah, yeah. if it's the oil-based ones they like stain your sheets like there's a lot of problems with yeah this one is water-based but it feels like an oil so it washes out of everything and also it's like water soluble so like if you you get dry you just add some water and it like gets back oh in. well that's good uh it's also like amazingly smooth very great cleanup it's just amazing it's i love it and ever since then it's like the bougiest best lube i've ever used in my life and i will never go back and i buy it by if the gallon if they sell it that way oh my god also <laughs> <laughs> the biggest size possible um which you know is pretty lonely as a single person <laughs> But I I love that lube. I cannot recommend it anymore. Like, and 
I think I don't need it for every sexual experience, but I would prefer it. Yeah, like if you have it, it's like if you can have your ideal sexual experience, I'm sure it's included in that. Oh yeah, I'll be my that, my little baby vibrator, that and a, a great dick. <laughs> so do you have like a specific like type of vibrator? Like I'm not asking brand specific, but like is there you say your little baby vibrator? Is it just like a small like is it like oh, a yeah. finger one or Every woman needs two. So I've got uh, if you ever watch Sex, Sex in the City, there's like the the big Samantha vibrator. So as an episode, she goes to the like sharper image store and she's like, "My vibrator." Oh my god! Work. I know. And he's like, "That's a back massage." Uh. <laughs> she's like, "I don't give a fuck." <laughs> <laughs> so um, that one is the magic wand. And right, right. I have that, and uh, that was like gifted to me by my ex boyfriend, and I use that sometimes. It's kind of cumbersome if you've ever had or owned one. Okay, wait. So I think my roommate in college had it. So is the magic wand the one that has like, it has um an external vibrator, and then it's like internal too. There's like an internal like. No, that might be the rabbit. Um, oh, that's what that is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. This one's just like a big wand. It's kind of like. So the reason why, like, in, in the episode of Sex and the Cities, it's a back vibrator, because it's not supposed to be used internally. So it's, like, massive. It's okay, like, okay, you know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's, like, a foot long, maybe, yeah. Maybe a little less. And it's more like the head. The head is a vibrating yeah, motion. Yeah. And it gets very strong vibration, which is why women like it. Um, but I've used that during sex before, and it's, like, very cumbersome, like I said, and, like, there's wires and blah. Oh. I might have, like, a cordless Wait. one. okay, yeah, 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 because, okay, continue. Yeah, so, and then, um, I don't like using that during sex, just because it's, it's also, like, physically in the way, even though it, like, might be better and stronger. Um, it's not very, uh, integratable in a sex life. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the small one I love, and I even love that for, like, a little, you know, like, sesh like that's my preferred method um and that one's like very tiny it's very small and you can just like slide that in between you and your partner it's like not really a big thing in between is it cordless cordless yeah okay and is it battery powered or do you have a rechargeable one battery powered okay so i have a rechargeable one and it's so good um i don't know the name of it but i got it on adam and eve and it's like Maybe as long as your index finger, if you have the same size hands as me, small female hands. Um, yeah, um, I would say mine's, like, about the same. Yeah, Very so tiny. index finger size, like, pretty small, pretty compact, um, has a bunch of settings, um, and I've got two or three that are my favorites, but it's just, it's a good, it's, like, a good one-size-fits-all, in my opinion, um, where it's it's good for self-play, it's good for during sex, like, there's just, um, it, it's... It's good for a lot of different scenarios, and it's convenient. So, um, now that we've kind of talked about everything leading up and the beginnings, um, we're going to talk about the post-coital. Coital? Yeah, post-coital. So, after you have sex, after you have your magical experience where you've communicated all of your needs, you've used your (laughs) lube, you've used your vibrator, you had the greatest O of your life... Um, then what? So, first question. Do you spend the night? My answer is no, always. Okay, and so is this specific to the first time? Yes, I think, even if you like them, um... No, like I just, I'm just, I'm just speaking from experience and, uh, 
I don't want guys staying over if I just met them the first or second time because most likely I have work the next day or you're kind of like now I'm like ruining my morning. We can talk about sleep compatibility, which is a big issue. Um, you know, maybe they're a cuddler and you're not. Uh, maybe their body is extremely warm. Maybe they don't they don't like to cuddle and you do. Like there's just maybe you just can't fall asleep next to them. Yeah. All of these things have happened to me. And it ru- like Nothing ruins a relationship more than not having good night's sleep. And that's something you can work on if you generally like that person. But I think in the early stages relationship, why break the mold? Like, why break the barrier and the, the, the image of yourself? And it just kind of just... And then you wake up the next morning, and then, like, who's making coffee? And, like, you have to shower. Do you have stuff at their place? Probably not. I mean, for me, I wear glasses, so where's my contact solution? Like, there's a lot of shit you know, involved with staying over. Like a toothbrush, I don't want to walk home to the subway now. My breath's smelly. Like I can't stand there anyone. That's just me. I I just think there's too many variables. It's not romantic. Um, yeah, maybe if you plan it, I bring my toothbrush and my contact case and, <laughs> and we decide where we're brunching. Yeah, but the first, first time I think... Is when you're first dating someone, just be easier on both of yourselves and give you that breathing room that you just shared this ex- sexual experience and then, like, let go of it and then go home and then <laughs> cherish it. <laughs> and then, like, come back and do it again if you really liked it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so my experience has been different. Um, granted, I have not dated that many guys since, you know, since college relationship and... Being in the city, living in my own place. However, being in the city, living in my own place, um, the few experiences that I've had have been build up to a great first sexual experience that is then ended with them sleeping at my place. Um, And I'm trying to think back, but I think in most cases it's been my place. In most cases it's been a night of, like, light drinking. I'm not saying we went out and got shit-faced and then had sex. Like, we, like, you know, went out, had some drinks. Things, like, got kind of hot and heavy. And then we ended up mostly at my place, occasionally at theirs. Um, And then it was, like, at that point, kind of just, like, too late in the night. And, like, we're already undressed and everything. And, like, like nobody could be bothered to leave. So they slept at mine um, or I slept at theirs. And again, this is just a handful of experiences, so I can't really say if like I've, you know, cracked the code. Um, But in my experience, yeah, it like made sense in those times. I think now I'm a little more seasoned and a little more like in tune with my own needs. I don't know if it's that I'm in tune with my own needs or more insistent on my own needs now. I think it's the latter. Um, But Like, for example, if I went out on a date with a guy on a weeknight, like, I know that I have a solid hour and a half routine to get ready in the morning. Mm. So if I went on a great date with a guy and he came back to my place and we had sex, I'd probably kick him out either in, like, in the middle of the night or first thing in the morning. Um, But politely, you know, not just, like, bye. Like, I would offer to order him an Uber and be a perfect lady about it. Kind of feels like more like being a perfect gentleman if I'm offering to order him an Uber, but um, I digress. Um, But, yeah, I don't know. It's always just, it's felt more, like, it's just 
felt more natural to offer for them, not even to offer, just to assume that they would stay over. Right. But I have run into the few experiences where I'm like, okay, this is over. And particularly when it's like not great sex. Oh, yeah. I'm just like, okay, can you leave now? Because I need my space. Yeah. Um, That's what I mean, though. Like, even if it's good or if you, even if it's bad, I think the space is needed afterwards. Yeah, and maybe... To really be, reflect. And maybe because it's at my place, like, guys haven't been as, like... They're, they're not as, like, you know, forward with, like, assuming that the girl wants them to leave because they think they've just given the female the best sex of their life um, <laughs> for whatever reason. So... They're yeah. just like, oh, yeah, of course I'm going to stay the night. Whereas, like, as a female, if I'm at a guy's place, I'm just like, okay, we've done the deed, and now I should probably make my way out because I'm bothering him. Like, Right, and they're probably, like, hair in his bathroom sink and gross other shit because guys are disgusting. Yeah, oh, <laughs> that's another thing. I never, like, I've been notorious in my past relationships for, like, not giving any leeway on the turf war. It's like we're staying at my place or I'm not sleeping like we're not spending the night together yeah um i've so i used to live in another city i guess i I should just say the city i used to live in philadelphia and it's a small city especially compared to new york so i think a lot of our like experiences are different too because of geographicalness to me if you're saying you can't get an uber home or like walk home like that's 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 literally insane. Like, you... <laughs> like, Philadelphia is so small. Like, you don't need to stay over. Um, I also had roommates. Um, there's, like... Again, like, the... I don't know. I just... I never liked it. I like my space. Um, I always offer for them to stay over. But also, a lot of guys do not take up the offer. Um, I can do a whole episode on fuckboys Philadelphia, but mm-hmm. I won't. Um, but yeah, like, I guess offer, but like politely decline. That's the best, you know, that's the best scenario. Mm-hmm. That's the ideal. <laughs> no one comes off looking like a dick. Yeah. So, so we have a friend who's recently out of a relationship and starting to date again. Um, and she has gone on two or three dates with this guy and, um, then he asked her to come over and like, you know, watch a movie at his place. And so she knew that that was going to be the time that it, you know, got to them having sex. And she was like kind of asking us for our advice on it. And being that they knew that they were going to have sex, our um, feedback for her was, you know, go over, have sex if you feel comfortable doing so, communicate your needs the whole time and don't like be weird about it. And then, um, you know, leave because it's a weeknight. And um, if he offers for you to stay, maybe see how you feel about it. But, like, we would suggest, being that this is somewhere that's far from home, it's a weeknight, you're not planning on packing an overnight bag in advance, you know, it's reasonable for you to excuse yourself and say, you know, this has been nice, I'm going to leave now. She also wears contacts. I'm telling you, man, contacts anonymous. We can't stay over. (laughs) (laughs) that's never been a problem for me so uh i can't god maybe i'm a stage five clinger or maybe i just don't wear contacts what about makeup remover like god damn it well shit if i'm drunk and we just had really good sex like i'm like i'm i'm sorry i need my cut i need my comforts yeah i hear that i hear that um sorry not sorry but i guess it just ugh, it just goes back to like feeling out each situation yeah. and they're and not being a roadmap for everything and like 
sometimes just needing to feel the vibe. If, like, a guy really wants you to stay and he's like, no, come on, come back to bed and cuddle, I'm just like, okay, sure, take me. No, and that's true, and that and that's happened to me before. So, uh, yeah, I guess every situation is totally different. If you're not sure and you're not vibing or you're, yeah, if you're not, like, really, you can't read the situation, I would say go. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. If there doesn't seem like there's a strong pull for you to stay, you're better off going because it's it's better off to leave and leave something wanted than to overstay your welcome. Right. Honestly, even if it's late and you're tired, like, do it because it's better overall. All right. So I think, um, well, hopefully we've given you guys our good um, shared experience on... Sex, sex and, and casual hookups and what to do and what not to do. Um, I think we hit a lot of points. This episode's a little long, so, because uh, we, we talked about a lot. There's a lot to talk about. So, guys, if there's anything that we didn't answer for you, please go to our website, ask us some questions. We're so yes. happy to do some Q&A. Our website is notyourgirlfriendspodcast.com. So um, we look forward to any more questions and to fielding those on future episodes. Right. And um, on our website, you can look at our past episodes. You can ask us questions. Uh, we have a little about us. You can donate if you feel like it. Sp- yeah. You know, sponsors out there. And if you gun have, oil. Yeah. <laughs> and if you have suggestions for future episodes, we are so so open to those. We're I down. mean, we we want to keep tailoring things to our audience's needs. So if there's anything that we haven't touched on so far, like please let us know. We're so open to that. Yeah, um, in conclusion, thanks for tuning in again. We appreciate every single one of you. Thanks, everyone. Okay, bye.